0: The amazing accounts in the Word of God that so perfectly define our origins, history, and final destiny have since the beginning of time been challenged and ridiculed by carnaldom. But when diligent searches performed, the words of the Holy Bible found in the authorized King James Version are discovered to be supremely accurate. God said "Men said is committed to defending the faith. On this website, there are presently 340 subjects that prove and support the majestic veracity of the Word of God. One challenger asked us to prove God without referring to the Bible. That is exceptionally easy to do. But the real challenge is to define who God is through the Scriptures and to prove that the living God authored the Scriptures and that they are His inerrant Word and that He will hold all men accountable to it at a soon coming, very soon coming judgment day. When this holy word is proven in the mind of the believer, it becomes a definitive of all things. Who God is, who we are, why we need a Savior, who this Savior is, what's required of us, the outcome of obedience versus disobedience, and so much more. Psalms 138, verse 1 and 2. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God's word is lifted above all, even above his own name, God, and certainly above all the names of the world's false gods. Proving the Bible to be the inerrant word of the living God is the real challenge, and those who perform the due diligence will be satisfied that it is true and righteous altogether, true spiritually true scientifically, true academically, true socially, true politically, just true, true, true. Are you ready to embrace the truth? Are you ready for the answers to all of your questions? Today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for the immediate glorious solution. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis chapter two sixteen and 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, thereof thou shalt surely die. God said, Genesis three twenty two through 24. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life." God said, Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Man said, Adam was to live forever? What a farce! This is just another fairy tale from the Bible-thumping fanatics. Now the record. The priest said to me that the first five books of the Bible are fairy tales. You can be sure he saw all miraculous accounts in God's Word with the same unbelief. I'm reminded of a brother in Christ having a discussion with his pastor concerning miracles. The pastor said, what if I told you I don't believe? The brother answered, you should consider laying brick. In another instance, two priests told the lay minister that their black robes made white bread. Partializers pollute the world's pulpits. Romans 16, verses 17 and 18, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Beware of the message couched in good words and fair speeches." Could something as fantastic as immortality be any more than a fairy tale? Is there some historic trail or scientific knowledge that establishes or points to such a concept? The answer to both questions is yes. As usual, the credibility of the Word of God continues to be verified. Theorists in the scientific field predict that one day we will have reached theoretic immortality. They base their predictions on two simple ideas. One, life expectancy for the American male was approximately 50 years in the year 1900. 100 years later, it rose to 74, a 48% increase. Two, knowledge is increasing. The following paragraph is from the Dean's Message from the University of North Carolina-Greensboro website. It reads, We're all striving to keep up with the quantum leaps being made in all areas of knowledge. It's estimated that medical knowledge, for example, doubles every seven years, and scientific knowledge doubles every 20 years. The total written knowledge in the world is said to have doubled between 1450 and 1750, and then to have doubled again between 1750 and 1900. Between 1900 and 1950, human knowledge doubled once more, and then again from 1950 to 1975. Now it is believed to double every 900 days. By the year 2020, global knowledge is predicted to double every 72 days, end of quote. The theory suggests that if you can live for the next 20 years, technology and understanding will have increased to such an extent that cures will be found for the physical problems you'll be experiencing at that time, extending your life another 20 years. When you've lived your 20-year extension, technology and understanding theoretically will have again increased to cure the physical problems you'll be experiencing, extending your life even another 20 years, and so on. Now, that's providing you're not murdered or killed in an auto accident or killed by terrorists, etc., etc. Of course, students of the Scriptures know that Hebrews 9:27 reads, And it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. That settles it. However, the purpose of this article is to demonstrate that Adam and Eve's immortality was a very practical concept. God Said Man Said has hundreds of thousands of visitors per year with a vision of 100,000 per day. Yet a feature article published in October 2002 dealing with immortality has logged 4,047 visitors. The information in this article is seismic, and new information has since been published, gaining serious global traction for the concept. Foundational information from the God Said Man Said article, Adam Was to Live Forever, is needed to place the new discoveries concerning immortality into the biblical perspective. The info is listed as follows. After our original parents disobeyed God, that very day they died spiritually and the physical death process began. The Bible dubs it the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 2, while science calls it the second law of thermodynamics. From the original plan to live forever, man's lifespan prior to Noah's flood dropped to 911 average years. See dinosaurs on this website. After the flood, the average lifespan is recorded to be 120 years, See 120 years on this website and drops even further to the Psalmist record, Psalms 90-10, of three score and 10 years or 70 years. This is very interesting when you consider what science has discovered concerning why we age. One scientific rationale on aging that carries serious credibility is called the somatic mutation theory. Authors, Morris, and Clark define it. A somatic mutation is a sudden random change in the structure of a cell of a body. Since almost all mutations are harmful, the gradual accumulation of mutations in the cells of various organs and tissues will inevitably lead to impaired bodily efficiency and eventually to complete breakdown of one or more bodily components. Keep in mind that nearly all mutations are a product of ultraviolet rays from the sun. Found during recent scientific research delving into why we die was this discovery. At the end of every chromosome is a long strand of DNA called a telomere. Every time the cell divides, its DNA strand shortens until there is none left. At this point, the cell begins to age and die. Now keep in mind that DNA can be killed only by bacteria and ultraviolet radiation from the sun. And if I had to guess, I would suggest that most bacteria is also a result of UV rays. I've emphasized the concept of radiation in UV rays and the fact that man's lifespan is only one-thirteenth of what it was before the flood in order to bring your attention to a critical piece in the puzzle of mortality. Remember, DNA is destroyed by bacteria in UV rays. Prior to Noah's flood, a water canopy existed above the sky encompassing the earth, See 120 years, on this website. During the flood, God opened the windows of heaven and poured rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Also, the fountains of the deep were opened. According to scientists, this water canopy, which ancient people knew as the celestial ocean, would have filtered out the UV killer rays from the sun, which destroy life. It would have also uh, created, excuse me, a greenhouse effect, causing the whole earth to be of a tropical type climate. Now that the water canopy no longer exists and has been replaced with a one and, uh, one and a one-half inch thick approximately ozone layer, the UV rays bombard, uh, bombard the earth Excuse me, incessantly, contributing in a major way to man's abbreviated 70-year lifespan. A very brief divergence from Adam was to live forever is the following pertinent paragraph from 120 years. In Dr. Reginald Cherry's book, The Bible Cure, the following paragraph is found. Scientists have been trying to unravel the mysteries of aging for decades. In the early 50s, Leonard Hayflick, a scientist at the University of California, San Francisco, discovered a very interesting thing. All human cells are able to reproduce themselves only a certain number of times. This is estimated to be about 50 cell divisions, which Dr. Hayflick estimated would place the human life at between 115 and 120 years. Researchers still don't know what drives this cellular timetable, t- time but the lifespan of humans seem to be set at approximately 120 years. Researchers can study a culture of human cells as they divide repeatedly until a maximum of 50 to 60 divisions, which equates to 120 years, end quote. Now back to Adam was to live forever. As an aside, these uh, tremendously long pre-flood lifespans answer many questions. Consider the Neanderthal man, one of the evolutionists' supposed links between ape and man. Because pseudoscience has rejected the Bible and the creation model, the following truth has escaped the followers of pseudoscience. A.L. Gillen writes in his book, Body by Design, the following. Dr. Jack Cuzo, a research orthodontist for over 30 years, in his book Buried Alive, explains Neanderthal man's skeletons. His studies show that the human head does not stop growing as we age. Contrasting the measurements of people's heads when they were 19, in their late 40s, and some at age 80, he discovered that the head changed in the following manner. 1. The brow ridge came forward. 2. The jaw came forward. 3. The nose got bigger. 4. The chin came forward. 5. The cheeks came forward and flattened out. 6. The teeth came forward. 7. The back of the head started to point out. Think of a baby's soft head. It is fashioned with cartilage as well as bone. Our skull gradually changes over time from fetus to infant to adolescent to adult. This has been known for some time. But more recently, Dr. Jack cuzzo has found that our skull continues to change in our old age. And assuming man could live to 150, 200, 300, or even 500 years of age, this pattern of change would produce an individual that look remarkably like Neanderthal man. Now that we have a modicum of understanding concerning aging and death, let's consider the information that suggests man could possibly have had the ability to live forever. First, let me mention that today's woman begins life with a half a million eggs in her ovaries, and only God knows how many the first woman Eve had, and even whether they could be replenished. Not only was Eve to live forever, but she had the potential to bear many, many children. The Bible does say that Adam and Eve had sons and daughters, but the scriptures do not quantify, although Jewish tradition claims 33 sons and 22 daughters. New research now being conducted by Michael Rose, an evolutionary biologist at the University of California, is focusing on extending life. He experiments with fruit flies. Fruit flies are likely candidates because they reproduce rapidly and make it possible to see the generational effects of their experiments very quickly. In his laboratory, he has managed to double the lifespan of fruit flies, raising a lot of eyebrows. When he was asked how far this life extension could go on, he answered, the flies in my lab could potentially live forever, but of course they don't because they have a high likelihood of dying by accident. When the question shifted to the human lifespan and are there discernible limits, Rose said, not at all. I believe the limit of human lifespan is the limit of human technology. The following excerpt is from the article in U.S. News and World Report titled The Cells of, Immort- of Immortality. Excuse me. It reads, over the past century, vaccines, antibiotics, and good sanitation have upped the average lifespan uh, expectancy by decades to today's 74 years for men and 79 for women. Now, new understanding of the genes and chemicals involved in aging may not only help humans live far past that age, but more important, may also help people retain health and strength in their latter years. The discovery of biological clocks ticking away in each of our cells and the knowledge of how to reset those clocks open the possibility that a human would never die, at least not from old age. Then again, reiterating information about DNA we discussed earlier, the article continued. But even if everyone were to receive special longevity genes, each cell in the body nonetheless carries the plans for its eventual death right in its DNA. At the end of each chromosome is a long strand of nonsense DNA called a telomere. Each time a cell divides, the strand gets a bit shorter like a burning candle wick. When it runs out, the cell can no longer divide... And is left to age and die. But scientists have found that the enzyme telomeres can rebuild the strand over and over again. With the help of this substance, human cells have begun enjoying immortality in a petri dish at the Jerome Corporation for more than 200 normal lifetimes. Now don't forget, UV rays and bacteria kill DNA. The following is the lead paragraph in an article in Discover Magazine titled, Immortal Cells the clusters of human skin cells uh, basking in a sterile incubator with alarms poised to go off if the level of carbon dioxide drops or the temperature waves from 98.6 degrees appeared to be blessed with eternal youth. Under normal circumstances, skin cells divide about 50 to 70 times and then quickly wither and stop dividing. But after nearly two years in a laboratory at Gernon, a Menlo Park, California biotech company, Uh, These genetically altered cells are approaching 400 divisions and still show no signs of aging. They just keep multiplying. From the same article, biochemist Cal Harley had this to say. Telomeres are now known to be the clock of cell aging. Telomeres is the enzyme that can rewind the clock. It gives us a way to restore an increased lifespan, a youthful lifespan, to aging cells. Romans 8:22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Isn't it exciting to know that God is preparing to fix it? He begins the fixing process by first purging the world of the ones who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He casts them, the sinners and the ungodly, into the lake of fire. This happens at the great white throne judgment. Then God destroys the old contaminated heavens and earth with a loud sound and a fervent heat and replaces it. With a new heaven and a new earth where no sin exists, the New Jerusalem then comes down out of heaven, it is approximately fifteen hundred miles wide, deep and high, concerning the sun in particular. the word of God says in revelation one twenty one twenty three and the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof and then again in revelation twenty two five and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle. Neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Note the absence of the sun in this eternal equation, the source of ultraviolet death rays. Also note the pure river of water and the tree of life with its fruit and leaves, as recorded in Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. God fixes everything for his children. No more sin, no more contaminated earth and heaven, a new Jerusalem where there are no more damaging effects of the sun and the pure river and tree of life to replenish our eternal bodies. But in order to participate in this blessed hope, you must be born into the house of God. Click on the further with Jesus on this website for entry details." End of quote. Many of you have heard of Dr. Sanjay Gupta or are familiar with his new book and documentary titled Chasing Life. Gupta, a practicing MD, is assistant professor of neurosurgery at Emory University Hospital and associate chief of neurosurgery at Grady Memorial Hospital where he practices. He is also the chief medical correspondent for CNN and arguably the most listened to medical voice on Earth. Just recently, August of '07, the journal Life Extension featured Dr. Gupta on the cover with the headline, Dr. Gupta's Search for Biological Immortality. The doctor's search took him the world over, interviewing leading scientists, physicians and theorists in their fields concerning the prospects of extending, extending life. Excuse me. Some excerpts from the article follow. LE stands for the question posed by Life Extension Reporter and SG for Sanjay Gupta. Life Extension. In the book, you profile the futurist, Ray Kurzweil, and the various methods he's utilizing to live longer. In summary, his theory is that in the not-too-distant future, medicine will be sophisticated enough to repair or cure a number of the major degenerative diseases. His position is that he's doing everything he can to live as long as possible and avoid the big killers like heart disease and cancer until medicine can actually deliver these new life-extending technologies. After hearing him propose this, what are your thoughts, Sanjay Gupta? I think in the next couple of decades, we're going to get to a point of practical immortality. It's not true immortality, but practical immortality, meaning that we're going to live much longer without getting sick, and as a result, we'll have many more functional years. It seems that we are going to get to the point where some people will be able to decide how long they want to live by doing some of the things that Kurzweil talks about. There is a lot of interest and activity around promising technologies such as exchanging body organs, rejuvenating cells, and even nanotechnology, which will eliminate even a single cancer cell in the body before it can even start replicating. Life extension. In the last five years, it seems as if the possibilities of medicine have exponentially exploded. You can almost see the future happening right before our eyes. Sanjay Gupta. That's correct. Along that line of thought, right now there is a great deal of extremely sophisticated technology that a lot of people still don't know about or even use. For example... I have a history of heart disease in my family. Previously, you had to wait until you had a coronary event to really know what was wrong or even do something about it. Now, through non-invasive means, we can look at all of our coronary vessels, all the blood vessels in our heart. Just a few years ago, this didn't exist and could be considered science fiction. Plus, there are medications that not only stop the production of plaque that narrows your blood vessels, but actually reverse it. This isn't a life-enhancing technology or medication that you have to wait for 10 years for. This is now. There are people like Arthur Axton, who's a friend of mine, who says, you know what, no one in this country needs to have a heart attack again, end of quote. The final statement in the interview is the quote from Dr. Gupta's book, Chasing Life. All over the world and right in your backyard, there are people who are steadily pushing back the frontier of aging. They are not content to simply wither away, becoming frail and feeling worthless. Instead, they are achieving a sort of practical immortality, living as long as they want to live and dying only when they are through living. Immortality is on the horizon and it is within our reach for the first time. End of quote. Is it possible? Could the Bible's account of Adam and Eve originally being immortal actually be true? Yes, and yes. The amazing record is true and righteous altogether. The word of God is true once again, of course. God said, Adam and Eve were to live forever. Man said, Adam was to live forever? What a farce. This is just another fairy tale from the Bible-thumping fanatics. Now you have the record.